Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how we use pain education in some of our athletes. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am joined by Dan Pope, Lisa Russell, Dewesh Podell, Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, answering all your questions from Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Mass., uh, really, uh, appreciate all the great questions again. I think, you know, as we go through these, we continue to just always say that it's humbling to see all the great questions and how many people watch this and, and listen to this on iTunes and Spotify. So keep them coming. If you have a question, head to MikeRinald.com, click on my podcast link, and you can fill out that form to answer a question. Lenny, what do we have for students today? Wow, they, we've had these students for a long time now, many, many, many weeks, um, and they are just an amazing crop of students. Uh, in the background, we have a, a, a Mike Scaduto appearance. We don't allow him to, on the podcast anymore. Um, he's working. <laughs> oh, he just disappeared. Uh, we have Gatesy, Brendan Gates in the middle uh, from Duke University. We have uh, Jonathan Sandberg from Creighton University, uh, and we also have Joey Scambia from Rhode Island via New Jersey. Making his introductory first episode question, right, Joey? Oh, maybe. that's awesome. How does that make you feel? Muted. That's how it makes him feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. Str- strike one, Joey. <laughs> keep, keep going. I like it, though. <laughs> right, so we have Rachel from Philadelphia. Hey, gang. How important is pain education with working with athletes? When an athlete is worried about an injury, what do you guys focus on when implementing patient education? As a former athlete, I was always worried about not keeping up with my team due to an injury. How do you manage your athletes who have similar feelings? Awesome, Rachel. Good question. And you know, I, you know, you kind of you kind of went down a couple of paths right there. Um, <clears throat> um, kind of thinking about this and how to like frame this for us to answer here. Cause you talked about pain education. And then I think you talked a lot about almost like self-confidence and maybe some of the other psychosocial aspects of being injured as an athlete, which I don't know if I would put that together with pain education. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I know these are, these are popular topics on social media right now. So I think it would be pretty good to, um, uh, to kind of tackle a little bit. So why, why don't we start a little bit? Why don't we divide it into two halves, maybe team? We'll talk about, you know, pain science education in general and athletes and what that may mean in an athletic setting. And then maybe we talk about um, obviously like the psychosocial aspect of that a little bit, because I think that's kind of what Rachel wanted to talk about a little bit, because I do, I mean, obviously everything's related, right? I mean, that could obviously make 
your pain feel differently, right? If you're completely depressed and, and feel left out of the team and stuff like that. I think these are huge aspects of, of sports injuries that we're not really talking about as much as we should. But um, let's talk a little bit about like pain education, because I think that's how you, you started this off, Rachel. Dan, you want to start off with like, you know, in an ath- athletic environment, what's, what is the role of, of pain science education? Yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a challenging question just because there's multiple elements there, right? Um, so we're talking about sports psychology and we're talking about pain science education, you know? And I think the thing about pain science is that it's kind of encompassed everything, right? So people think about pain science, they think about therapeutic neuroscience education, they're thinking about maybe the psychology of the patient, they're thinking about cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness kind of pops up, and they all kind of are presented together in some of these research articles too. So I think that makes things a little bit more confusing. Um, in terms of my education from a pain science perspective, it's mostly from Adrian Lowe, um, therapeutic neuroscience education. And I think a big thing for athletes is that they have to understand some little bits about pain if it's altering their behavior in a negative way, right? I think you tease out a lot of this in the subjective. And Jonathan and I were talking about this the other day. You have someone who comes in and you get, a, you get an idea of their behaviors um, and their beliefs from the subjective. And I think at one point, Jonathan asked something along the lines of, um, what are your thoughts on movement? Are you fearful of movement? Right? Because you know that that's a bad thing. A lot of athletes, when they have pain, they can do one of two things. They can blow through the pain, A, or they can completely back off and be very fearful of movement. But if you have an athlete that comes in and says, like, you know, my hamstring is killing me, but I'm still practicing 100%. They're just blowing through that pain. Um, then they need to be educated that you have to build some trust with your body, right? But if you have someone who's not doing anything and they're very fearful of movement, you have to do the opposite. You have to tell them it's okay to move and show them how to do that. So I think from the pain science education standpoint, you may give them some information about pain, how that process in the body. But the main thing is to try to individualize that to the person to make sure that they are on board with the plan of care you're going to give them. That's huge. That's huge. And, and I like how you kind of, I, I like how you kind of put that together too, because I think a lot of times, like part of what we do is to help them rebuild self-confidence in their limb or whatever their injury may be. Right. And we often do that, like in the physical therapy world, we talk about this internally as like that, you know, graded exposure to some activities. So that way they can keep getting some self-confidence. Right. And we, we say that to our, our athletes all the time. It's like, you know, the first time you do something, you're probably going to be like a little skittish with it. You may be a little nervous, but then, you know, it's, sometimes it's subconsciously, you don't even necessarily know that you're thinking this, but in your head, you're like, you know what? I, I did okay with that exercise. It's okay. And the next time you perform it, it goes much better, right? We had that with a throwing program about a month ago. Uh, one of our athletes came in, started throwing and was just like, throwing it straight into the ground then hit the ceiling and broke somebody's windshield out in the parking lot. Right. Like you're right. So we just had him, we say, Hey, calm down. We're going to be okay. We're going to just throw into this little net until you get a little confidence in your limb. And then boom, two weeks later, the students can't even catch him anymore. He's, he's progressed so fast. So um, good example of that one. I like that. Um, what else, what else you guys think, Dave, what do you, what's your experience? 
Yeah, I think uh, Duresh and I have a really good example. We're kind of working on together right now. And uh, it kind of comes into the other side of the question, which was kind of about like, you know, athletes feeling like they're not part of the team. They feel as though, in my opinion, a lot of times athletes feel as though like they're at this super high level of training. They're really fit. They're pursuing their goals. They have this awesome kind of path. They get injured and it really knocks them down the ladder in terms of like what they feel their work capacity is and kind of like they miss that feeling of being an athlete. And so we have an athlete now, now that we're working with that uh, is a super high level gymnast. She has a, a really big scholarship kind of coming next year and she had a, a big surgery, a really big surgery. And so she feels kind of deflated about like, she feels out of shape. She feels like she's missing out. She's worried about what she's going to look like when she goes to school as a freshman next year. And I think this is an opportunity for us to, you know, educate obviously on why we have to go slow. Like she had a huge surgery. So it's like three months out and she still has precautions. Right. So it's like, listen, they literally broke your limb and reattached it. And like, it's a reason why, you know, you have to go slow. But at the same time, I think this is why some of the things we have to our tools of advantage are, you can still get a really good workout if you know how to program around some of these precautions. And so uh, she was kind of riding this boring rehab process until we could introduce BFR. I talked to her surgeon and I was like, hey, can we do it in a modified setting around the protocol? And he was like, it sounds great. And that first day she kind of got like crushed in a good way. Where she's like, oh man, my quads feel sore. My hip feels sore. I feel great. She's sweating. She's in there for three hours. She's working her butt off between Dewey and I. And I think that was a really big kind of hurdle to get over where she felt as though she was really behind the curve. But then also as uh, she started training with Dewey and I, like just yesterday, he's given her these massive upper body sets where she can obviously be safe for her lower body, but she's kind of killing herself in a good way. And she really got a lot of like, you know, positive feedback back because she's not with her team. She's not working. She's this girl's training five hours a day, you know, to, to get where she wants to go. And so she doesn't have that anymore. And I think this like finding creative ways to, to make them feel like an athlete still and make them work out, especially around their, you can train three limbs very, very well. I think that's yeah. massive for people to, to really hang on to. Yeah. And that's going to put her in such a different frame of mind that like, who knows, maybe her ability to cope with some of the discomfort is lessened a little bit because she's in a better frame of mind and able to handle a bit like, yeah, no, of course her injury is going to be painful. Right. But it's, sometimes it's about how your brain accepts that pain and then, you know, determines what you're going to do. Are you going to lay down and just try to rest or are you going to try to gradually try to improve yourself? Um, great, great stuff. What else, Dan? All right. I got so much to say about this. I think it's like, it's a very nuanced thing. You know, one of the big problems athletes face is all this pressure from their team, from their self, from their coach in terms of their performance. And sometimes that's really legit. You know, I can think of a rugby player I was working with the other day and basically strained his hamstring. And if he doesn't go to practice and perform, the coach doesn't care. He's just going to cut him and he's not going to play, you know? So then he's in this really tough predicament where it's like, well, what's the best thing for you to back off, right? You need to back off for, you know, the best chance of this thing to heal. He doesn't necessarily have that ability to do that, you know? Uh, so for a lot of athletes, I think they feel that tremendous pressure. And what Dave was talking about is that, you know, for most athletes, especially higher level athletes, a huge sense of their self-worth is all wrapped up in their ability to be an athlete. And when they get hurt, they feel like their entire world has kind of gone away and their teammates don't care about them. Their friends don't care about them. The coaches don't care about them. Sometimes that's accurate, right? You know, there's a lot of coaches out there that when there's an injured athlete in front of them, it doesn't mean anything to them. Like get, get this athlete out of my face. So I do think, and this is a very challenging thing uh, to create. And Dave can probably talk on this a lot better is you need that, a culture of acceptance. You need to have a coach, you know, an athletic trainer, physical therapist, and the athletes to understand injury. When injury happens, the best course of that course of action to get someone back is not to keep push, 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 right? Sometimes maybe you need to push, push, push. Um, but if there's not that culture of acceptance and the athlete's always going to feel all of this pressure when they have an injury to try to continue pushing, right? Or feel yeah. that stress from their team or whatever it may be. 
Yeah, it stinks that they that people feel that way, but I think that's you know, I mean, I, I think that's common, right? And I think that's that's probably more common than we think because a lot of people just stuff those feelings down sometimes, right? Um, I'll, I'll give an example. I had a few athletes just in the last month, and honestly, a few. I think that the biggest thing I did for them in my treatment session was evaluate them and tell them that look, I ruled out all the things that we should be worried about. Like meaning like, oh, you have knee pain. Okay. And you're, you're worried. Like here's a good example. Let's use an actual example. He's a catcher, a baseball player. He's a, a pro ball catcher, right? He tore his meniscus years ago. I don't even remember six, seven years ago, he tore his meniscus in one of his knees. All of a sudden his other knee started getting a little sore and his brain went, boom, this feels just like my last injury. Now his last one was traumatic. It was like a pivot and a shift in the sand, pop, bucket handle, meniscus tear. It was a big deal, right? This one was just one day he was like a little sore and a little puffy you know he's a catcher he's a pro ball catcher he's been doing this a long time and he totally was nervous that I, I i did it again i tore my other meniscus so my exam and my treatment was ruling out all the bad things like hey your ligaments look good i don't think your menisci looked that bad and then that is going to lead to the best chance of recovery than actually anything i physically did with them right what else lisa yeah i mean i i completely agree i feel like having someone understand how they're feeling and why they're feeling that way is like super powerful. Um, and like teaching them how to, how to even discern that for themselves of like, okay, is this pain that I need to worry about? Or is this pain that like, is just a part of training and like, I'll, I'll be cool. Um, I, I have a rower right now who was super fearful of getting back on the water after like a back injury and everything. And I think the biggest thing we did was talk through like, expected, you know, return to sport soreness versus bad pain versus, you know, all those things. And it was great. She came in the other day and even told me like a few of her teammates were complaining about like this thing hurting this way or that thing hurting that way. And she felt like she was like able to tell them like, oh no, that's normal. You just got back on the water versus like, you probably should go see someone. Um, <laughs> You know, it was just, it was a neat moment because she got it. She's getting it anyway, right. that, that difference of like training versus bad pain. And like you yeah. are at risk of doing something that's going to pull you out for X number of months, you know, if you ignore it versus like, yes, your back sore. Cause you just started back on the water. <laughs> yeah. We deal with that all the time with, with our return to sport athletes too, right. Is they start running they start jumping, they start throwing, whatever it may be. And they're like, Oh, you know, it's, it's a little achy. Is that normal? Some of them completely panic. Some of them know how to put the, the, the blindfold on and just proceed to be honest with you, both ends of that spectrum are probably equally as potentially bad. Right. So we got to be careful with that. So um, I'll end it with this. And I think this is a good way to end it here. A lot of times when when we talk about pain education and pain science, we talk a lot about nocebic effects and some of the, the negative that we can do with some of our terminology and dialogue with our, our patients and our clients. I think what we just talked about there was a completely different way to reframe it, right? We just talked about a positive way, not a negative way of being sure that we're talking about pain with our athletes, right? And I think that's an important concept and a different slant to way, the way you do it. Because think about everything we just said. We just talked about how we're trying to educate people to realize 
realize that yes, they have some pain, but we will help you get through this a little bit. So a lot of things that get shunned right now on social media, things like, like modalities, manual therapy, stuff like that. So I don't know, heat, ultrasound, ESM, soft tissue massage, vibration, all these things. Some people just say like, oh, I mean, you're doing a disservice to your client. Well, if my person's nervous about getting out there and doing an exercise or a sport activity, I'm going to educate them on why we're going to slowly get to that. And I may do things like modalities and manual therapy to get them to feel better. So that way, then when they go out there, they have less fear in their <clears> limb, <throat> right? I think that is a crazy way of, of, of sometimes people take it too far and say, all we should do is just graded exercise with people because that's all they need. That might be all they need, but that doesn't mean the other things aren't helpful for getting them to accomplish those tasks. So I'm not sure if I articulated that completely well. I mean, I know we got to kind of wrap up this episode a little bit here, but I think, man, as I listened to everybody talk, it made me think like we're dealing with people with fear, anxiety, some, uh, you know, like, I don't know if, if depression is always the case as, as, as um, it's probably more common than people ever tell us, right? It's like people say I'm, I'm in pain or I'm fearful sometimes, but people are, don't say like, well, I'm down about it, right? I feel bad. We talk about that all the time, but some of these things we do touch modalities like our manual therapy can really help lift those people up. So just keep that in mind. There is some positivity to some of those things and how that may impact somebody's pain and their psychosocial outlook. So that way we can get more out of them and get them back on the field. Right. Makes sense. So awesome question. Great tackling. And I think everybody had some good uh, uh, thoughts on this one. If you have more questions, head to micronald.com, click on that podcast link, fill out the form to ask away and be sure to keep catching us on iTunes and Spotify. See you on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.